Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holds Barred. Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Everyone around the world, once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues Chris Baldwin of The War Room and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on the War Sports YouTube page. We spoke with them by Zoom Tuesday, October 11th. This Saturday, October 15th, History will be made at London's O2 Arena when an all-women's boxing card headlined by two major title unification fights takes place. The main event will see two unbeaten fighters, WBC, WBA, IBF, and Ring Magazine middleweight champ Clarissa Shields and WBO champ Savannah Marshall fight to crown an undisputed champion. The co-feature will have WBO, IBF, and Ring Magazine champ Michaela Mayer face WBC champ Alicia Baumgartner in a junior lightweight title unification fight. This card will be shown on Sky Sports in the UK and ESPN Plus in the US. We discussed this card, including the two headline fights. We also discussed the latest developments in Olympic boxing as the IBA continues to defy the IOC and most sports bodies by allowing fighters from Russia and Belarus to compete under their own flags. Here is that discussion. Welcome back to the War Room, my beautiful people and fight fans from all around the world. I am your fight goddess, Chris Baldwin. I'm here with my boxing family. My sister, Melissa Smith, she is a women's boxing historian. And my boy, Eddie Goldman, we call him the conscious of combat sports. And look, folks, it is about to be a jam-packed women's boxing weekend. So we have to kick this show off today with Melissa. Please tell us who is fighting. I know Clarissa Shields is taking on uh, Savannah Marshall in the O2 Arena in London on Saturday. And I think that's going to be on ESPN+. ESPN+. So look. Tell us what's going down and who's going to be on that fight card because it's all women. It's an all women's fight card. You guys understand how fucking important that is? All women. Let's go, Melissa. Hey, hey, listen, turn your microphone on, baby. Turn your microphone on. Oh, well, you missed it, but here I go. All women. Yes. Yes. Not only all women, but just all fabulous, amazing women. Best versus the best. That's right. We are talking serious elite. So what do we got? We got at the O2. As my girl, fight goddess, angry Afro radio had (laughs) to say, we are talking. Yes. Serious, serious, serious stuff. O2 is the big arena where 
folks, when they go to see those big fights in London, they go to the O2. Ooh, it's arena. like Madison Square Garden. Oh, it's the O2 in London. So this That's is a right. big fucking deal, right? That's right. All-female card. Is it the first all-female card in England? No. Whoops. Sorry. See, you got fire department coming by. <laughs> That's how loud this is all about. I got to put out the fire. That's anyway, right. There was a an all-female card back in 1994 that our girl, our Christy. lady, our woman, no, Who Barbara was on the... Buttrick, wow. put that fight together as that card together with the WIBF. So fast wow. forward a thousand million years later, here right. we are, 2022, 300 years since boxing for women started that Damn. we know of. 300th anniversary, and what do we got? We got this amazing fight card with Clarissa Shields, the under... Disputed queen in two weight classes going through her third. And she will be fighting Savannah Marshall, the only woman who has ever defeated her. her in yeah. a boxing match. Way back when, when Clarissa Shears was barely 17 years old. Wow. She fought Savannah Marshall at in a world tight, you know, a world's event as amateurs mm -hmm. before the Olympics happened. She happened to lose, though I got to tell you people, you can find that fight on YouTube. And I defy you to say that she really lost. Really? She was busting ass in that fight. All right. Coming forward. Hand movement was so quick. You're like, where did those hands come from? She lost, not by a lot, really close. So mm -hmm. I'm telling you, that was then when they were 17 and 20, Clarissa Shields, 10 years later, only 10 years later, she's 27 years old. Savannah Marshall is 30. These are two women at the top of their game mm -hmm. professionally. But it's Clarissa that has all the belts. Right. Clarissa, who has had the extraordinary, not only amateur career, but professional career. And in her professional career, she's fought over 100 rounds already. Right. She's 12 and 0 with two knockouts and Savannah is 12 and 0 with 10 knockouts with 10 knockouts. Now you got to look at who her competition is, but yeah, girl has heavy hands. And you know, Ooh. the saying is that if you're in her wheelhouse, if you allow it to be her fight and she sets you up to be in her range and mm -hmm, in her wheelhouse mm -hmm. where she's going to use that torque of power, you stand the chance of getting a knockdown. Right. Clarissa though has Speed, girl. Yes. Speed, 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 speed. Speed kills power. Speed kills power. And she's patient. And she has learned to control her emotion in the ring. So right. this is going to be a really important fight in a I really fascinating wait. battle. As you say, it'll be on ESPN Plus starting in the East Coast at 2.30 in the afternoon. West Coast, 11.30 in the afternoon. I'm not certain what happens to the undercard. And how we can see that. I'm hoping that is like somebody's got it up on Facebook or YouTube, but we'll see. Right. The other huge, 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 huge fight is two Americans. Michaela Mayer, Olympian on the same Olympic team with Clarissa Shields in 2017, uh, 2016 in mm. Brazil. And she's fighting Alicia Baumgartner. Ooh, this is going to be a smoker, right? ass fighter. Oh, my God. She is the woman that knocked out Terry Harper. She hit her so hard. Terry Harper just was like. Knocked out on her feet. 
knocked down on her feet. Now, Baumgartner, you know, she's 12 and 1. And uh, Michaela's 17 and 0. Plus, she has a, a very impressive amateur oh, yeah. career and mm-hmm. she's fearless. Earl is fearless. So, this is going to be another really interesting fight. Does she have more tools in her toolbox? It's very possible. We will see. She's got Mayor has a beautiful bo- jab. Her jab is yeah. gorgeous. But you know, Baumgartner is no slouch. So this is again she's the underdog be, Baumgartner. She's definitely the undergirl dog, but she's got power and she's got um, real savvy in the ring. She's got a great defensive movement, great head movement. So this is going to not be for undisputed, but it is for the uh it is for uh um further unification of the belts it'll be ibf wbc wbo and wibo to throw right, in right. there the only other one is wba which is uh not up for contention at this point so this is an incredible top of the card but she got some serious fighting underneath most of them uh, i think the the a few on the A side, let's put it that way. Most of these fighters are one and oh, two and oh, three and oh. Mm-hmm. They got Carolyn Dubois, who's uh, out of out of UK, really strong amateur background, really it's terrific. And then you got the third member of the USA's 2016 Olympic team, Ginny Fuchs, who's just recently turned pro after the 2020 um Olympics. She will also be on the card. Now she's nice. fighting with top rank. She's all of one and oh, but she's going to be on that card. She's fighting six rounders. In fact, all the fights underneath are six rounders. So you got some really good women on there. And I'm That's just great. hoping that we uh, get to see, figure out how we can find, you know, the early part of that undercard. Another woman to watch out for is Sarah Ligman, Liegman. She's a German fighter. She's five and oh, but she has already had a main event. Her last fight was the main event, uh, like two what? weeks ago in Germany. <laughs> what they two are weeks hot ago on her in Germany? Yeah, so she's she back in the ring. So she didn't get uh, hurt. She was in the ring two weeks later. Yeah, she's like, nope, I'm fighting. So because that she had had it scheduled because you know the fight. This is the fight that was delayed due to the death of Queen Elizabeth. So anyway, they're calling this the Royal Rumble. <laughs> What are these ladies getting paid? Now, you got to say, you know, when you had Taylor Serrano, man, they were broadcasting from like the mountaintops. One million dollars. One million dollars a fighter. Hmm, We're not hearing buckets. (laughs) So what are these women being paid? Is it seven figures just for the whole package? Is it seven figures for two? I mean, what are we really talking here? There has been zero. And, you know, these ladies, they would be talking. So I don't know that they're getting a million bucks a piece or a million pounds a piece. So we'll, I guess we'll eventually find out. And we certainly don't know what the ladies are making on the undercard, but they are getting the exposure of a lifetime. It is a really big deal in the media of, uh, out in, in in London, and I gotta say, even yours truly is going to be on a BBC radio in the middle of the night, right on, baby, <laughs> on their business show, on their business nice. radio show, nice. talking about the business of women's boxing. So yes, I'm kind of excited about that. 
But, uh, you know, more local to the U.S., we got a shout out to our girl, Heather Hardy. She's coming back All right, in the ring on Thursday. She'll be um, this Thursday, this Thursday, the 13th. She's fighting oh, in New York at Sony, a small Sony theater on 42nd Street. The cool right, thing about this is she is also uh, co-promoting this with uh, folks from um, uh, from Boxing Insider. They're starting like something it. called uh, Larry Goldberg, who's with Boxing Insider. He got his promoter's license and. Um, Louis Bella is uh, Boxing is Insider, the, the magazine, online yeah, the magazine. Boxing, the online, yeah. And so they're guys. now going to promote fighters? They're going to be doing Isn't some that promoting. Interest? Mm, well, that's no, an interesting kinda. question. Wow, yeah. interesting. Well, okay, never interesting. mind. Keep going. <laughs> but uh, the, the Larry is being, you know, um, Louis Bella has a, a kindly uncle's arm around him. And, and uh, Heather the Hardy torch. is also going to be you know has been doing double duty helping with the promotion of this fight mm-hmm. of this fight card and and sort of giving the inside the insider's view of what it is to put together a fight card right. so that's all good for her and for where her future may end up so that's kind of exciting and those are the just the two 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 big huge 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 amazing things right. that are happening this weekend it is a- i mean like Women's boxing heaven here, babe. That's all right. We all in women's boxing heaven right now. I can't wait to see it. I just want to add a couple of things to what Melissa said. Um, Well, we don't know the money. This fight will be in the UK on Sky Sports. It won't be on a pay-per-view. It'll be on regular Sky Sports. And, well, that'll allow more people, I guess, to see it. It may affect the amount of money that's that's coming in for this. So we we don't really know. They they claim well, you know, it's better for the fans and all this, but they usually put the real big fights like a an Anthony Joshua fight or a Tyson Fury fight, although he's on the other big network, the BT Sport, or whatever. Those usually end up on on pay per view. There, this one didn't. So. We have to keep That's that okay. in mind. The, right. the other thing is when you're comparing the records of Point Melissa made, Clarissa Shields never had the opportunity to pad her record early in her career, which wow. is what we've seen a lot of of happening, particularly with male fighters. You build them up to 20 and 0, where maybe 15 of those people never stood or more never stood a chance against you her first fight as a pro her debut was against Franchon Cruz Desern now while that was her debut she's gone on to be a champion in her own right and right away she jumped into fighting fighters with more wins with more experience than her in almost all of those earlier fights and many of whom have got were undefeated and have gone on to capture belts on their own. Whereas Savannah Marshall, who was mainly fighting in the UK, and this isn't necessarily a, a big criticism of her, had that uh, opportunity to fight a lot of tomato cans. If you look mm-hmm. at some of these knockouts, just look at the records. Some of these people she fought one in six, three in 25, 11 and 55. 
eight and 12. She, she went and knocked out a lot of people like this that really stood uh, no chance against her. She's a good fighter. I'm not knocking her at all. Just saying that you got to look at what the whole, you know, what the whole record was. Right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And and not only that, you know, in, in Clarissa's fourth fight, which was less, which was six, like a little more than six months after her debut, she debuted in November of 2016, fought Fran Cruz, the who she said was her her hardest fight ever in her life. Wow. Within, you know, by August of 2017, she was fighting Nikki Adler who was the reigning WBC super middleweight fighter. And she beat her. She was messing around. She, she, she got a TKO a in the fifth round. And then her next fight was Tori Nelson, right? Who's a champion. And then she fought Hannah Gabriels. So, uh, you know, to, and I, I thank Eddie for this. She has fought champions since her fourth fight. And the women she fought before that were also champions at some right. point in their careers. She's not so, fighting tomato yeah. cans. She was not right. fighting. And, and it shows the disrespect to, yep. to women's boxing in the United States because these fights were generally in the United States. And she had trouble getting a network to put her on. She mm -hmm. would jump around from one network to another and eventually had to go to the U.K., you know, to, to fight over there to get this, these main event fights, as, as Melissa said, in a, in a major arena, the the O2 arena, which I think was where they held the boxing in the 2012 uh, Olympics. And no, it so, wasn't there, but yeah, it's but they've had like AJ has fought there, you know, at the O2. Right. It's, a, it's amazing. Like you said, it's like the garden or someplace like that. And. That just shows the disrespect that's given and the fact also that she's had to go to fight in MMA because yep. she it was making more money, at least till recently, in MMA, where she was a novice and had no background in, in wrestling or in submission fighting or anything like that to, to, to make some money more than she was making with all these championship bouts in boxing while the networks and the promoters most of them were basically snubbing her in the United States. So she's really disgraceful. Yeah. I mean, she had had a deal with Showtime, but ultimately they wouldn't give her the money. Exactly. You know? and, and she went out on a road. She did her own pay-per-view. That was bold. I'm going to tell was, you now, if, if Clarissa had been white, you can guarantee you she would have had a, oh, a payday, a big payday. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's that's the you know you cannot discount the the racism that's been implicit right. for her because she you know she's herself she's she's from Flint and proud right right the woman wears blue in her hair to remind mm -hmm. everybody in the world that Flint has no friggin' clean water that's right so yeah she's unapologetic she's this is me I'm a great fighter I'm the yep. greatest woman of all time and you know what. She just may end up being that exactly. That's right. She's woke. Uh, she is. And um, right. so her, this is a big deal. She took the boxer deal because they were going to give her seven figures for the two fights. She's already had the one. The one was the setup for her to then fight okay. Savannah Marshall. Um, whether they ever, you know, whether they expanded that deal after Taylor Serrano, I tend to doubt it because we have heard 
as we said earlier, crickets about this, right. about the money. But uh, thank you, Eddie. You're absolutely right. She has been underpaid her entire career until mm -hmm. now. Exactly. And what weight class are they fighting at? How, what They're panel? fighting at middleweight. Okay. They're fighting at middleweight. That's what? 145 for women? One, 160. 160 for women? Is middleweight? 165, yeah. Something like that. Weight wow. classes are the same in boxing. For yeah. women and men? Yeah. yeah. Same, How come same. I didn't know that? I yeah, yeah, same. And uh, you know, one fifty four is uh is super welter or junior middleweight. That she's she is the uh she already has the undisputed at at junior welterweight. So she's been down to one fifty four and beat all of them. Right. So <laughs> so wait, so the weight classes for MMA for women are different then, right? I don't think they're the no, same. No, they're actually in MMA the same. Same? Why did I think they had different weight classes for women than men? I'm tripping. Yeah. I'm getting old over here. That's well, you know what? What you do have, though, is in, in Olympic boxing, you only have five weight classes represented. When Clarissa fought, there were only three. Okay. But starting in 2020, it went up to five. Um, so there's now five weight classes. Okay, because uh, I know there was time, like... there are only yeah. three. Okay. Yeah. That must be where the, my brain is set on. Yep. But anyway, all right, look, Eddie, uh, let's uh, just t touch briefly. I know the Yankees are playing tonight, and you are anxious and ready to hop off this microphone. But please give us an update. Well, we, got a, we got a little while till they, till they start, but there's a real important story that has to be discussed. Okay. And this is a follow-up of our coverage of the, the uh, slow death and self-destruction of of Olympic boxing. And this happened last week when the uh, IBA board of directors through uh, the president Umar Kremlev of, of Russia and a, a pal and confidant of Putin announced that unlike any other known international federation in the Olympic movement, they're going to allow boxers from Russia and Belarus to resume competing in their uh, in their own name under their own flags if they get a gold medal, rather than the the semi uh, ban that they had competing under the name of Russian Olympic Committee or neutrals or something like this. And a lot of people were really uh, were really surprised by that. But if you look at the whole history, as we've been talking about the direction of IBA, they are basically owned at this point by Russia. They're mainly financed by Gazprom, which is the Russian mainly owned and controlled uh, uh, energy monopoly that is. And this violates two bans that was that have been put in place in the Olympic movement, although some federations have allowed these athletes to compete just as neutrals, but most of them, including, interestingly enough, uh, wrestling, completely banned Russians. If you look at the recent world championships in wrestling, there were no Russians competing, even though Russia has a tremendous history and, and many great wrestlers. They weren't allowed. They were allowed uh, in they have been allowed in judo, so there. But these two bands were put in place, 
Number one had to do the violation of the Olympic truce by Russia invading and attacking Ukraine shortly after the end of the Winter Olympics and before the Winter Paralympics. And uh, the IOC was really pissed at that. And the second ban, which is still in effect, started in December 2020, continuation of the bans put in place by WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, because they still have not complied with all the reforms that were necessary and required of them from the state-sponsored doping program, the height of which apparently was back in 2014 at the Sochi Winter Olympics. And WADA has confirmed that this is supposed to expire at the end of the year, December 16th, but it is still in effect. So they, the IBA has basically gone to war with the IOC and is completely flaunting these other decisions that are going on. And this, of course, has been met with great opposition in the Olympic boxing movement. Uh, Boris van der Voest, who we've been talking about a lot, the head of the Dutch Boxing Federation and who was prevented from running for uh, president, although he probably would have lost anyway, for the IBA, said, quote, this decision is an enforcement of the Russian government's geopolitical agenda on the sport of boxing. It is clear that IBA is held hostage by its Russian leadership, and they are determined to keep the governing body under their control. And he said, we will be looking for ways to ensure boxing competition integrity and will continue our fight to secure an Olympic future for our sport. And this is the real key part, with or without the IBA. And this already has started to lead to a revolt within the Olympic movement and within uh, amateur boxing against IBA because of this decision. First, the boxing federations of Finland and Sweden, which, by the way, are on the way to both joining NATO, said they will boycott IBA events where Russian and Belarusian fighters compete. And then it was said that the Irish youth boxing team was going to boycott IBA's youth world championships in November in Spain. But there won't be a boycott because, according to news reports from Ireland, Spain has banned athletes from Russia and Belarus from competing. So that means they and other teams will be able to compete. And in another major move, the Olympic Council of Asia, which is a major body in the Olympics, will not permit any involvement of the IBA in the Asian Boxing Confederation, which is the IBA's uh, regional continental federation at the Asian games next year in Hangzhou, China, which is in 2023. It was postponed because of the, the pandemic and everything that went on. That event is a qualification event for the 2024 Olympics. So they will be organizing that directly with the IBA. There That's have been smart. statements from people like Mike McAtee, the executive director of USA Boxing, who denounced this, and also Vladimir Klitschko, who is still, of course, the former world heavyweight champion and an Olympic gold medalist. He's still in Ukraine helping defend his country against Russia, denounced this move. He said, uh, 
IBA boxing is an example and makes a fool of itself in front of the whole world by trampling on humanistic and universal values. Boxing deserves much better. What a shame. And there was a news report that said that the vote in the IBA board of directors to allow Russia and Belarus to come back was 14 to one in favor. And if you and the only person voting against it was a controversial Ukrainian who the Ukrainian Boxing Federation, which a couple of days before their Congress, IBA suspended a Volodymyr Protovus, who's kind of on the outs with the Ukrainian Boxing Federation. He reported was the only one who voted against this. And the countries that were on the IBA board of directors that reportedly voted for this, very interesting. Cameroon, Puerto Rico, Thailand, Greece, French Polynesia, Morocco, Qatar, Spain, Eswatini, which is in Africa, if you're not familiar with that, Sri Lanka, Australia, where the Australian Boxing Federation people have been against Kremlin, the USA, Elise Signoli, the USA has been very outspoken, but she reportedly voted to bring the Russians back, Hungary and China, and among the athletes' representatives, India and Brazil. So what this brings to mind is what Professor Professor Richard McLaren said in one of his reports was that you can have the greatest structure in the world. If the people are corrupt, your organization is going to be corrupt. That's right. And that's what we're seeing with the IBA. So I think by completely thumbing its nose and giving the finger to the IOC, which itself is, you know, a place that has been a world leader in corruption anyway, but to be more corrupt than the IOC, <laughs> they're not going to, I just don't see how they're going to stand for this. Even though the IOC is toying with the idea of finding a way to get uh, Russians to come back and compete by finding Russian athletes who are, uh, who are opposed to the war, which is, I, I don't see how they could do that since, number one, it's illegal in Russia to openly oppose the war, and you could get a long prison term for that. And number two, how are you going to, how are you going to tell that unless these Russian athletes are expatriates and have, uh, refugees and have fled the country? I just don't see how that is something that's workable. So it's still possible the IOC and Thomas Bach can cave in to Putin in Russia, but it also looks to be ex extremely unlikely at this point. And this is a very, very as we know, very, very bad development because we were just talking about Clarissa Shields. If Olympic boxing goes away, what would Clarissa Shields have been had there been no Olympic boxing, she could have tried at an early age going and fighting uh, professionally on very small amateur cards, but she wouldn't have gotten whatever support she did get, right. both in terms of coaching and training and financially, as she did right. from being a two-time Olympic gold medalist. And we could think of so many other boxes. I mentioned Vladimir Klitschko. We could go through all the list of great professionals and all the youth that 
have competed in, in amateur boxing, the whole thing could really become marginalized and start to collapse in the U.S. They could, no, as far as I could tell, would no longer be at the Olympic Training Center. It, it would be... It would be very know. difficult. I mean, as it is, you know, the Olympic Training Center is used by all all the USA boxing uh, national champions. That's where they are able to work out. So it's not only the Olympians that work out there, it's all the national champions who compete in the elite level internationally. But without IBA, there's no inter who's going to sponsor international fights. You know, um, I mean, they participate in like the Pan American Games. They participate in the Worlds and other uh, IBA sanctioned uh, competitions, and they wouldn't be able to go to those. Which means the money, as you say, a lot of the money would dry up. Dry up. Some money, you know, the the smaller USA Boxing affiliated programs. That is where all the junior Olympics champions come mm -hmm. from. Golden Glove. The, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, it's like USA Boxing Metro New York. You, you've got, um, you know, beautiful brawlers out of Pacifica, California. I cannot tell you. I mean, there are countless junior Olympic champions that have come out of that program. They're sponsored through them. And then they get into USA Boxing, USA Boxing gives money to the teams so those kids can go to the junior Olympics. Well, without IBA, it means there's no junior Olympics anymore. How is that going to, at the elite world level? Right. And that's what gives them the experience and exposure to then go on into the elite level after the JOs. When they turn 17, they're able to compete as, into the adult wing. So, and they've had the experience of being in high level tournaments with fighters of, from all over the world. So, uh, I mean, just think what happens to the boxing in India? What happens to the nascent boxing programs in, for women in places like Jordan? And, right. Uh, you know, Arab countries where they just started to accept that girls box. Well, you know, I kind of see it as, you know, I'm kind of hoping the IBA goes away so that the boxing community can resolve this issue without them. Maybe. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's doable because if you if you can deal directly, like Eddie said, it the IOC is already corrupt. But if a federation can host like if somebody right. can host a, an international game that's going to qualify them, I think that is doable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's certainly where it started. IBA. It was it's certainly it where it started for women. Years. It would in take years. To, it would take years to create a new uh, international federation yeah. because you have to have enough countries, enough support, enough yeah. organizational structure to get that going. And there, there are many hints that there's going to be, particularly if the IOC says forget it. Uh, boxing will not be on the program in 2028. They've organized it. The IOC organized it directly in 2020. They said they're going to do that in 2024. And if that directly leads to a split, it'll it'll take a while to put that together, particularly since it looks like Kremlev and Russia have thrown a lot of money around a lot of these smaller federations. So if you're starting with 20 or 30 
national federations, it may not be enough to resume as being recognized by the IOC. They might just say, we've had an, enough of this. It's a, a violent sport. But there are a lot of other things going on that could accelerate this. There was an interesting letter by the Polish sports minister, Camille Bortnichuk, saying that the IOC should expel the IBA. And while he might have gotten some of the technicalities wrong, because technically IBA is not a member of the IOC, but there, they, there are ways that they can be thrown out of the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And it, it legally a little more complicated, but the basic idea is that that's going to be the end of the IBAs and Olympic Federation. They could exist. There are sports federations that exist outside the IOC, but they don't, don't again get the money or the, the traction or the, the respect that an Olympic Federation does on, on, on the international level. Um, the other thing that has to be kept in mind is that this whole battle is part of a general battle going on against corruption in world sport. This is going to take a long period of time. I mentioned this before, but last week, while the IOC, while IBA rather, was disgracing itself all around the world, there was an international event that was held in Strasbourg, France, the seat of the European Parliament and streamed online that was on the initiative of Viola von Cremon, who we've talked about before, a member of the European Parliament from Germany and from the German Green Party, that launched a movement and a campaign to establish a world anti-corruption agency for sport, WACA. It would be similar to WADA, but would have much broader jurisdiction and report was discussed by the uh, sports reformer Grit Hartman. You could find out more. This is really in its in its infancy, in its very beginning stages. And by the way, Declan Hill, the uh, noted world expert on match fixing, and a journalist and academic, specifically mentioned during uh, that presentation. He is he had infiltrated match fixing gangs in Asia in the past, and he's still in touch with some of these people who are very brazen. They just talk with him. And they told him that match fixing is still going on in the same sports, mainly in international football and tennis, but also he specifically mentioned boxing and wrestling. There's match fixing still going on on the that amateur sucks. level. And if you've been around professional boxing, long enough you've seen some fights that and i don't mean back in the the 40s and 50s but more recently some fights that were obviously fixed that's still happening today Mm -hmm. so this movement you're not going to be able to repair boxing separate for trying to repair other sports and you're not going to be able to do it nationally just within the United States, which a lot of people don't understand, you're going to have to do it internationally. And right now, the center of it is this whole movement to establish WACA that's bringing together some of the people that have been campaigning for years against corruption in world sport and very much understand that boxing and all the combat sports are really part of that whole movement. So keep an eye on that. And I'm hoping 
we can get somebody who was involved directly in that movement to to be interviewed on the show. Which is we have like a request in already. So if you're listening to this, jump on board. We want to get you on the war room. That's right. Let's go. Well, uh, Melissa, you got anything else you want to add to that? Your turn your speaker on, baby. Your mic on. Oh, sorry about that. It's a been a long day. I know. Oh, it's been a really long day. That's right. It's like, damn. Right. Um, you know what? Look, I don't know. U.S. doesn't necessarily have a vision of hockey, but right now, Hockey Canada is in corruption hell. Really? They're uh, they're, <laughs> they're basically they're, they're fight- collapsing into non-existence. They're you know they had a their uh, wow Andrea Skinner resigned. Um, but they still have so much toxicity in there. So it's, it's, it's everywhere. And, um, Eddie is absolutely right. We really need to lean up towards world governance of sports, any corruption, just turn the dang spigot off. Right. And it's everywhere. I mean, look at it is everywhere. It is everywhere. It's 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 crept. It creeps into everyday life. Yes, exactly. I mean, look, look, I know you guys saw the I don't know if you saw my post on Twitter about the L.A. City Council racist rants. Oh, Lord. Yes. You guys are straining black and Latino relationships already in Los Angeles. And now you just made it worse. And I just can't believe that our politicians sit around talking like that with each other. It's like, are you it's kidding just ta- right yeah, now? It's talking shit. I, I think they mics off and they're just like letting, oh, well, this is how we, it's like we're inside the room. Like the only thing missing was friggin' cigars. And these are pe- the people who were caught. For those who don't know, I mean, these are like serious, heavy duty Pauls that right. are like slated for bigger and better things. Well, exactly. Time to go. Enough nope. with this. And that's what I like Enough. is the Democrats will clean house. They tell your ass to resign. Unlike Republicans who will lie, deflect oh. and fucking raise money for your ass after you. Right. Get yeah. Like Herschel. Oh, please. A top another leader. show. We will do another we show. Do a, we have to do a political. We have to do, point. please. Uh, up in, you know, before, we put that on the before election day, we're going to do an before election day. Friggin That's vote right. blue wave day. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Definitely. I, I saw the same thing in New York <sighs> years ago when I was active in, uh, the school movement, when we had uh, the, the local school boards, I saw the same attempt by some yeah. of the uh, some of the Latino politicians to divide up the community right. and do the That's same thing, crazy. organizing on an openly anti-black racist basis that yep. took place. It wasn't as yep. Yep. big yep. or as notable as what you're seeing in Los Angeles today, which involved the top Union official also had right. Ron Herrera, he retired. I mean, he resigned. Yeah, he resigned. But these are serious, heavy duty folks. Right, like next mayor, people going to run for governor type of people. Uh Well, well, they're not running for governor now because we're not voting for them. No. And and by the way, in terms of the corruption, I haven't really read a lot on this. But what's going on in women's soccer in the United States after all the scandals in gymnastics and, and other sports the same type of thing apparently has been going on in in women's soccer so yep. 
Oh, we yes. don't have to talk about that next. Yes, show. yes, yes. Uh, rape show. allegations. Oh my god! Psychological, physical torture. I mean, abuse. It's just out of control. That is out of control. We need to clean up, clean it up, clean it up. All right, look, folks, uh, if you guys don't have anything else, Eddie, we're going to let you go so you can go watch that damn Yankee game. Oh, Yankee. I'll just tell you where you can catch me. That's right. For the moment, I'm still on Twitter at NHB News. If uh, Putin's buddy uh, Musk takes over, Mm -hmm. we don't know what's going to actually happen about this. Yeah. Yeah, who is is basically conferring with Putin to uh, find a way to uh, destroy Ukraine. We'll see what happens. And if Twitter votes, especially after this, if they vote to put this guy to allow this guy to come in, it just shows you the direction they want. It could be the real disaster of social media in general, but I'm still on it at NHB News. And you could catch me at eddiegoldman.com and subscribe to my Patreon page. We're talking about all this kind of stuff and you're not seeing this. You find me the kind of coverage of the corruption and amateur boxing in the the American boxing media. You find all kinds of articles planted by promoters and networks and repeating the garbage that they say. And and you also have the exposure of the inside the games website. So there's a lot of news, but we had talked about this before about their financial connections to Omar Kremlev, the same guy who is the president of IBA. So support independent media. 